Welcome today to the Dr. Marcy show on the path forward, Utah. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell talking about strong mental health and especially about being aware, aware of your surroundings, aware of what's going on in the world and aware of your emotional and connectedness to other people during this interesting time period in the world. Uh, we've been brought to you today by fedbyravensmedia.com and their sponsors, and we can be found on most streaming services. We appreciate the opportunity to have a voice here on the Path Forward Utah and especially appreciate our listeners. So thank you for being with me today. I've heard an awful lot of people and especially young people lately talking about an increasing amount of anxiety. And of course, with all that's going on in the world right now, I understand that anxiety levels are going to rise. So this week, I think it's time to talk about anxiety. What is it and what can you do about it? So first, I want to share a little story about some things I've learned just recently about anxiety. I've spent the last week in Hawaii for a wedding. And if you've ever been to a small town area of Hawaii, you understand there is this low key, easygoing pace of much of the culture in Hawaii. Certainly not all of it, but in the small towns, or as they still call it, the country. I was reminded of my first visit to Hawaii many years ago for my high school graduation trip with some friends. And certainly it was a different time there. It was very easygoing. Well, they had what they called the hang loose mentality, which at the time, many, many people said to me, hang loose, hang loose, right? It changed my life for the better because you see, I was pretty driven to succeed in school at the time to get a scholarship, et cetera, get into the right school. I had worked four different jobs during high school. And combine that with extracurricular activities, I was very, very busy and what I would say very driven and ambitious. And then I get, you know, dropped into this complete opposite culture of Hawaii, which certainly allowed me to reflect on my priorities. And at the time, I chose to loosen up on that over ambitious part of myself. I came back from that trip, a changed person. I genuinely came back a changed person. I was more relaxed in college. I was more balanced with my work and my fun and my school and certainly my relaxation. And I'm reminded on this trip that relaxation and fun are important parts of our life here. And to slow down allows you to reflect on your priorities in life. So being in Hawaii certainly reminded me of these earlier lessons of relaxation and of slowing down and focusing on what is really important in life. But how do we get to that point? Not everybody gets to just go to Hawaii. And I certainly don't get to go to Hawaii. It's been 30 years since I've been there. And it's not that I've been there very much. So it's not like we can just take a quick jaunt to the countryside of Hawaii, right? I was just fortunate enough to get to go there for this wedding. 
So I thought today, let's explore anxiety. What is it that's going on with us right now, right? What is anxiety? Um, When I was younger, we didn't have this word anxiety. We didn't use it in our vocabulary as we know it now. We called these certain physiological responses things like worry, or we would say I'm stressed out about something in particular, maybe a test or something that was going on at our jobs or within our relationships. But we didn't use the word anxiety per se. So now when I'm teaching about anxiety, I ask the students to raise their hands if they've ever felt anxiety. And I'll ask you the same thing. Have you ever felt anxiety? And every semester, every hand in the room goes up. Every hand. So people experience anxiety regularly now. I reflect just 20 years ago, 30 years ago, people would not say, oh, I have anxiety. It was not part of the vernacular. But why do we experience anxiety regularly now? And that's what I want to talk about. In order to do it, we first need to maybe define what is anxiety. According to to the DSM, which is our diagnostic handbook of criteria for mental health diagnoses. According to that, the current definition of anxiety is the central nervous system's physiological and emotional response to a vague sense of threat or danger. And to be diagnosed with anxiety, you have to have, well, for generalized and For a generalized anxiety disorder, up to six months or more, a person needs to experience disproportionate, uncontrollable, and ongoing anxiety and worry about multiple matters. And then, of course, it has a description of all the different various types of worries or stressors or physiological responses that the body can have, which are combined we are able to define it as anxiety. So it's not just a fear or a worry about a test. And it's not just uh, something unsettling that's going on at work. It's not just a fear of, let's say, driving. So a fear of driving, we would call that a particular type of phobia. Whenever there's a fear of a particular thing, it's more of a phobia. And when we have the physical, physiological response um, that makes us pass out, let's say at a certain really hardcore stressor, that's more of a panic or a panic disorder. So that's not really anxiety either. But I think oftentimes when people have a fear of something or if they have a panic about something, they're grouping it all into the word anxiety. And when we use anxiety in such a generalized term, I worry that we are watering down what the term actually is. So if everyone is using the word anxiety because they're nervous about public speaking, or if they're using the term anxiety because they're nervous about that test, then we're kind of watering down what anxiety really is. And we're not really able to fully define it 
or capture maybe what's going on in society. So what I like is to ponder, did we really acquire more anxiety after we defined the word anxiety or after we started using the word anxiety? Is that when anxiety rates really went up? It is possible. I mean, it's possible that we defined it and then we start having it more, right? But I do think it's important for us to really ask the question, are we feeling anxiety or are we feeling something else? Because anxiety is not just stress and it is not just worry. It is not just longing you know, when we miss someone or we miss something, or even we miss days past, it's not just longing. And it's not all those reactions that the body has for various emotions. So anxiety isn't necessarily an anger response or a sad response, right? To various emotions. Anxiety is more than being nervous for that job interview. It is more than missing a loved one. It is more than being stressed at work. It is more than being frustrated with sick kids at home. It's different than a fear of flying or driving. Anxiety is a combination of all the emotional responses that get stuck in your stomach with all the various physiological responses, and they just don't know what to go. So generally speaking, people who are experiencing anxiety cannot pinpoint why they are having anxiety. It's the vague sense that is out there, which differs than someone that can describe a panic attack while boarding a plane or someone that's nervous to speak in public or someone that's tired and frustrated about a manager at work, right? It is that vague sense that we have to be able to pinpoint when we say, I have anxiety. And that in the definition, I think is important for us to know. So what causes this anxiety? What, if you, we really have it, what's causing it? We are going to explore it after the break. You have been listening to the Dr. Marcy show. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy show on the path forward, Utah today, talking about anxiety. Do you have anxiety? What is anxiety and what can we do about it? We certainly see an increase of people reporting. I'm feeling anxiety. And what I think is going on is people are, are feeling, and I will say this is a very real thing. There is a heaviness in the world right now. It's as though uh, there's an uncertain cloud, whether you see it in the sky or not, but there's an uncertainty that's appeared as kind of a cloud or heaviness that surrounds, that seems to be surrounding um, what's going on right now. 
And so we feel it. It's like it's in the air. You know, that's just one of those phrases people will say, well, it's in the air. There's a heaviness in the air. And so we, in, in our limited vocabulary, we call it oftentimes, I think I'm feeling anxiety. Is this what anxiety is? A heaviness does is a part of what anxiety is. There will be this description of, I feel heavy. There's a heavy burden that I can't quite put my finger on. And so certainly part of that heaviness, worry about the future, stressed in the daily life, maybe that we were never accustomed to that type of stress before, fear of how things will unfold in our uncertain future, in our communities, in our states, in our country, and and across the world. And so there is that uncertainty and that heaviness that creates a physiological response of anxiety, of those different symptoms of anxiety. So let's talk for just a minute about what the different symptoms are and then what causes anxiety. So some of the symptoms certainly are, and I will say this number one, it's the number one thing that people will describe when they have anxiety. It is in the stomach. It is an uncontrollable churning, fluttering of the stomach that it seems like they can't pinpoint what is causing it exactly. So it's not just the one relationship issue or the just one job issue or the one worry or stress. It's an uncontrollable sense in the stomach where it seems like everything just, um, I would say is coming out of the stomach. And we do know now that we have neurons in the stomach. So our stomach does talk to us much like our head does. And I think a lot of people don't realize and recognize that. And so here the stomach will say, something's going on that you're not taking care of, whether it's a logical response to something that's going on, or whether you're not taking care of your physical body, or you're not taking care of your emotional health, you're not taking care of your mental health. The stomach is the place that will start screaming at you when that happens. So number one symptom that people of anxiety have um, is this churning of the stomach where they don't feel like they can control it. And it's that vague that I talked about earlier, that vague sense of maybe being out of control. Something's not going right, but certainly people will have with anxiety. They'll also talk about having poor eyesight, like their eyes won't work very well. Their hearing won't work very well. Um, they'll be shaky all over the heart rate increases sleep too much or sleep too little, um, some of the symptoms also crisscross with depression because sometimes people will have depression and then anxiety symptoms and then depression symptoms and then anxiety symptoms. So a lot of times those symptoms will crisscross. Um, so those are some of the things, the physiological response of anxiety, but certainly there are a lot more sweating uncontrollably, not sweating at all. So some of the extreme physiological responses to your surroundings that are uncontrollable for six months. And this one is the one that kind of is the kicker for people to be actually diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. It needs to cause a significant impairment in your life. And that's, you know, over a six month time period. So to be officially diagnosed, we're talking about a person who's not been able to work for six months, at least on a regular basis, the person where the anxiety takes over, they can't go to work, they can't go to school, they can't pay their bills, they can't maybe go to the grocery store or do those things that they normally could have done 
in their life. So there's the significant impairment to officially be diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder. But I would say people in today's world and the way the term anxiety is being used in their vernacular, um, we need to recognize they might be having kind of the ins and outs of the feelings or sensation of the vague sense of of being uncontrolled in their emotional and their emotional response within the stomach. So they might be still functioning, but have symptoms of anxiety. And so today I want to talk about what's causing this and what is it that we can do about it? Well, number one, I want you to know as my listeners that you're not alone in this, that people by and large are reporting this vague sense of feeling like, ah, what is happening? I have a heaviness. I can't put my finger on it. I've never felt like this before. I want you to know it's in the air. You're not alone in this. It is in the air. Now you might not be diagnosed as a generalized anxiety disorder, but you can recognize and say, I'm not feeling quite myself. Something's in the air. What is going on? And that's okay. It's okay to say, hey, I think I'm feeling what a lot of people right now are, are talking about or describing, or maybe even the majority of people are talking about and describing. I can say for myself, I feel it. It's in the air. Something is going on and it's in the air. And, and what, what is causing this, right? What is causing it? Um, I, I want to back up and not just say it's not just the time period, but it's even what led up to 2020 and post 2020. So let's talk about that for a minute. What is causing anxiety? Well, I want to recognize and point out, especially after coming back from the countryside of Hawaii is we've been living in a fast paced lifestyle for far too long. We're overachievers. We have an overachiever attitude, which means I have to overachieve in whatever I'm doing to be successful. We've defined success as someone who has to overachieve, to be the best, to work 60, 80 hours a week, rather than have a balanced life. We are in an overachiever lifestyle. I think it's absurd how we are pushing our children in school now. Absolutely absurd what we've done to kids in our schools these days. So starting in elementary school, they're supposed to write down and define what they want to be when they grow up and somehow get on that track in elementary school. That's a lot of pressure for a young person in junior high, before going into high school, they're supposed to choose to go on the, I want to graduate from high school with one year of college under my belt track. That's a lot of pressure for our young kids who really haven't even gone through identity development yet in adolescence. And yet they're supposed to be choosing what they're going to do for the rest of their life. I don't know why we're starting out with these over ambitious situations and pressure for our children um, far too young. And then we just keep pushing them through college and into adulthood where society has pressured us that we're supposed to be living this fast paced lifestyle. So of course, we're going to start developing anxiety disorders. Of course, we have not been promoting those things that are really important in life, which is taking the time to reflect which is things that are healthy for our bodies and for our minds and for our mental health. We haven't produced a culture that provides those opportunities for us in a very realistic day-to-day -day way of living. 
So social media has pushed us. Comparison driven has pushed us. Work and school expectations and church expectations have pushed us into this fast paced lifestyle without the balance that we need. So number one, we started down this track by, by jumping on that treadmill of the fast paced lifestyle without saying, wait a minute, we don't think that culture is completely the way we want to live. So recognize we've all been thrown into that group. So what else is there that causes anxiety besides the fast paced lifestyle? We're going to talk a little bit more about it on the other side of the Dr. Marcy show on the path forward, Utah. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy show on the path forward, Utah. I want to do a shout out again for our sponsors on fedbyravensmedia.com. Thank you so much for allowing us to have a voice. And in my case, in particular on the Dr. Marcy show, provide an opportunity to talk about awareness of our surroundings and especially our mental health today, talking about anxiety, what is anxiety, what causes anxiety and On the last segment, we'll talk about what is it that you can do about anxiety if you're having some of the symptoms of anxiety. So want to finish up on this segment, talking about some of those things that cause anxiety. We talked about certainly pre-COVID, pre-2020, this fast-paced lifestyle, this treadmill that we've all been thrown on to run a little faster, 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 faster. And so, of course, our bodies are going to respond with an anxiety or stress or worry because we are pushing it so fast, so hard. We are not balanced in our approach, in our culture. We do not have a culture that is balanced. So when we have the overachiever attitude of success and to push it faster, harder, of course, Our bodies are going to respond with, you're not taking care of me appropriately. And this is what I'm going to do to you to let you know you're not taking care of me appropriately. And you're going to feel it in the stomach and you're going to feel it in a heart rate and you're going to feel it in a trembling and you're going to feel it in sleeping too much or not sleeping enough, et cetera. So that's our body's response to telling us something's not quite right. And what you need to do about it is what will help those anxious feelings. So what else causes anxiety? Um, I would like to say some people cause it themselves, not society pushing the fast paced lifestyle on you, but some people themselves want to stay so busy because they don't want to feel something. Have you ever done that where you just keep that plan are completely full. So you never have to sit down and feel the feelings of life. You never have to sit down and feel, oh, I just had that fight with my spouse or, oh, my child is into this doing something wrong. And I don't want to think about it or feel it. So I'm going to stay really, really busy. So I don't have to feel 
other feelings in my life. I don't have to be connected to those people in my life in a way that might make me feel something I don't want to feel. And so I stay over busy. And then of course you do that too long and your body's going to say, nope, not anymore. It's going to crash on you. It's not going to allow you to do it. So one of the things you can do certainly is to think about, Hey, maybe I need to uh, slow down and and experience the life I'm supposed to be experiencing and feel the feelings I'm supposed to be feeling and be done with it and move on. It's actually healthy to do that rather than shove everything down and just stay really, really busy because that will create feelings of anxiety down the road. You don't ever get to shove it down and have it just magically go away forever. It usually comes back. I'll give you that little clue. If you're shoving some real feelings down, it's going to come out in an emotional volcano. And oftentimes it's the, the symptoms of anxiety. So another uh, cultural piece that we have that causes anxiety is I'm just going to take this pill and keep going. Whatever that pill is, I use that as a phrase, but the pill could be alcohol and then keep going. So if I am someone who comes home and has to drink a little too much every night just to keep going, that's your pill. And there's a wide range of pills out there that people take to just keep going. So I'm going to take that pill and keep going. Eventually it catches up with you in the form of anxiety. So it could be alcohol. It could be other drugs. It could be caffeine that just keeps you plugging along. Um, any wide range of pills or substances or addictions that people jump into to keep themselves going on that fast paced lifestyle that eventually is going to create a scenario of anxiety. What else causes anxiety? Well, certainly there are stressors in life that are too handle that might lead to the vague sense of that in the stomach anxiety, where it seems like everything is crashing in on you. And what are some of those stressors in our life? Well, money is a big one. Money in our lives creates enough stress that everything else seems bigger if you've noticed that. So money being a stressor that everybody has to experience, whether, you know, believe it or not, some people who have too much money causes a lot of stress in their life because they need to manage it or they have employees, et cetera. Um, maybe they've lost too much in the stock market at this time. So having too much money oftentimes causes a lot of stress, which leads to anxiety. Having too little money causes a lot of stress, which leads to anxiety. And then when you have a culture where there's never enough money, so let's say you actually do make enough money um, to have a really good life rather than appreciating that it's the mentality of, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more, which leads to a vague sense of anxiety. So keeping in check where you are with money and the, the role that money plays in your real priorities, I think um, is an important part of paying attention to what might be causing your anxiety. We also live in a very self-centered culture now. And certainly, and I've talked about before, social media contributing to that, where there's this hyper focus of self with your selfies and how do I look and what's the image I'm portraying and am I living the same life that these other people that are portraying, which oftentimes is a fake life on social media and, and comparison and social comparisons that we're making. And it becomes a hyper self-centered focus 
on our looks, on our image, on our successes, on a hyper-focus on our failures, all of those self-centered, when we're hyper-focusing on ourselves, approach to life sometimes can lead to anxiety because um, we're not putting ourselves in an appropriate uh, focus. So rather than being completely hyper-focused on ourselves, kind of putting ourselves in a social dynamic with others lessens some of that self-centered pressure. So when we are able to realistically put ourselves into families where the whole focus of a family isn't on self, but rather how does the dynamic work together? Where do I fit in? Or in groups at school or in groups at work or in groups in friendships and and putting ourselves in an appropriate balanced um, social setting where the self matters equally with other human beings, that is a more balanced scenario rather than completely self-centered focus, hyper self-centered focus, which can lead to anxiety. So hopefully that makes sense that you matter as much as everybody else. So you don't, you're not less than other people, but you matter the same as other people. So then working together in social situations lessens the self-centered focus and the self-centered focus causes anxiety. So hopefully that makes sense to you. So if you're thinking way too much about yourself and how you compare to other people on social media and your needs being met over the needs of other people in your family or your friends, those are the type of things which cause anxiety. So maybe keep that in check. What else causes anxiety? In our society, we have a a large push towards competition. And in competition, there's a, a healthy balance of competition, which helps us progress as individuals and as businesses and in sports. And there's that kind of healthy sense of competition where we become perhaps better at what we do. Um, we can become more educated, we can become more aware, which of course I'm a big fan of in and competition allows us to be able to do that. But when we're out of balance in a competitive way, we then can develop a sense of anxiety. Now we've seen this recently in the sporting arena in a very public way where there were two females, both in tennis and in gymnastics in the Olympics, where they came out and said, my mental health isn't working right now. Therefore I'm not going to play like I've played in the past. Therefore I'm not going to compete at all. There's a large, um, you know, response to their decisions to, to make that decision in a very public way. But at the very least, we can look at it in the sense of they were saying what many of us are saying, I'm feeling too much anxiety right now, and I'm not functioning like I should be functioning. And again, it's just the ability to say, Hey, you're not the only one that's feeling this heaviness. Something's going on. Let's take a step back and look at what it is. And many people are calling it anxiety. Well, what can we do about it? Let's hear more on the Dr. Marcy show on the next segment.
Welcome back to the final segment of the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. This is Dr. Marcy Campbell talking today about anxiety because so many people are describing the symptoms of anxiety. They, oh, I have anxiety now. I'm so anxious. I have anxiety. I have anxiety. So I definitely wanted to define what it means to have more defined, I guess. I mean, certainly just one criteria isn't enough to be able to be diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, but I wanted to be able to separate just people kind of saying, oh, I have anxiety, I have anxiety from someone who actually is diagnosable with an anxiety disorder. There is a difference. So I really want the public to be aware of that, that there is a difference. If we don't actually have a good definition of an anxiety disorder, then we really don't have a disorder. If everybody is out there saying, I have anxiety, I have an anxiety disorder, then it's no longer a disorder. So I do think we have to be careful when we use terms and definitions. Otherwise, there's no disorder. And the people who actually have a disorder, it's it's not fair for them because then it's hard for them to get treatment. And when there's not actually a definition for disorder that they are not going to certainly have insurance to help cover them when they um, are seeing someone or using medication because uh, they're not able to get it. If too many people have it, it's no longer a disorder. So I do like to be very careful about the language that we use to describe what's going on with us. So I don't think it's fair to say, oh, I have a disorder unless you're actually diagnosed with a disorder, but we do need to pay attention to the fact that people are using the term anxiety to describe this vague sense of, I don't know what's going on with me. There's a heaviness. I can't settle down. I feel worried. I feel afraid. I feel nervous. Um, I have this extra energy or not enough energy. I'm just not, I'm not feeling the way that I used to feel what's going on. And that's what I'm talking about today. It is this sense of nervousness. It's in the gut. It's vague. And I can't figure out what's going on. And I want you to know you're not alone in it. That many, 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 if not most people are feeling this, um, I guess, throughout the day on many days right now, post 2020. So uh, you're not alone. And in this last segment, I want to talk about what is it that we can do about it? What is it that you can do about it? Um, I think number one is to recognize it's real. You can logically accept it's real and I'm experiencing it and I'm not the only person experiencing it right now. And I do think when you give your body permission to say, hey, I, I'm recognizing the message you're sending out. I'm hearing you loud and clear. It's real. And then, of course, having that awareness of what for me is causing this. What is it that's causing it for me? Is it money that's causing it? Is it the uncertainty of the future that's causing it? Is it feeling helpless? Is it feeling hopeless? Um, what is it for you that is causing the anxiety in your life right now? So those two things, I think, are the two things that will help you solve your own individual problem when you become aware of those a little bit more. And then how do you treat it? How do you treat the awareness? Well, if you're feeling a sense of helplessness, a vague sense of helplessness because of your uncertain future, what is it that you can do to help plan for your future to take, maybe take some of that away? Do you, are you someone who feels better when you have food storage? 
because you're feeling the vague sense of maybe something's going to happen in the future? Are you someone so that, you know, can you start getting your food storage? Can you start planning? Can you be proactive in a responsive way to that vague uncertainty that is out there? Do you feel like you maybe need to get more education for the future? Do you need to go down a different trajectory of earning? Listen to your body as it's trying to teach you about what it is that you can do to be proactive rather than feeling helpless, because I do think our bodies will help guide us down those different directions that can soothe and ease maybe that that gut feeling of something's up and I don't know what to do about it. If we listen to ourselves, we oftentimes can find the answer. And meditation certainly helps for many people to come up with some of those answers. So I'm a big fan of trying to find a meditation that works for you. Um, meditation can be in the form of prayer, but it's not a simple, I mean, I'm not against the simple kind of memorized prayers. I think they can be very helpful, but it's also a prayer. That's a, you know, a 15 minute prayer or a 30 minute prayer or a one hour prayer or a two hour prayer, where I think some people don't realize that you can be praying for that long and you can't. And a lot of times you develop um, you, a responsive uh, nature to your own self and your own body that's talking to you and guiding you and directing you. And if you're a believer in angels and savior and God, then there is that interaction that can occur in prayer. And in a very similar way, there's different types of meditations that can get you there where people describe having guides help them uncover what it is that's causing their anxiety, or at the very least, um, being in touch with your body and the physiological response that you're having to that vague sense of um, fear or worry or impending doom or hopelessness, that vague sense of, I can't quite put my finger on it. Meditation helps you breathe through those things. So the very beginning, if you've never done anything like this before, breathing is a huge part of relaxing that physiological response that you don't feel in control of what's going on in your body. Take a deep breath in, take a step back and breathe. And that's the first step to responding to it in an appropriate way. Um, you breathe, you admit that something's going on or that you're having an emotional response you might challenge your thoughts. You might challenge your mind and saying, mind, there's no reason for you to feel anxious right now. We've got it figured out today. You have this to do today, and it's actually going to be a really good thing. Or your family's doing okay. Um, you don't need to be panicking. You're in, in an okay space. You have a roof over your head today, or you have a car that you can sleep in today. And I don't need to have that response. I'm okay. So challenging those thoughts sometimes can tell the body you don't need to be responding in that physiological nervous way right now. Releasing anxiety or anger sometimes just means I need to say the words out loud. I feel worried or I am angry that this happened in the world today. Saying it out loud oftentimes can release it. Even if you're just saying it out loud to yourself or if you're having a conversation with a friend or a spouse that oftentimes really gets the problem off your chest. 
I think closing your eyes and visual, visualizing yourself as a calm person, someone who's breathing well, I like say, go to your happy place. You know, sometimes it sounds hokey pokey to people who've never done it before, but it does work. If you'll just take two minutes to close your eyes and go to your happy place. Now, is your happy place on a horse? Is your happy place at the beach? Is your happy place skiing on a mountain by a stream? Those happy places can really calm down that physiological response. Oftentimes with anxiety, we're trying to trick the body to tell it to calm down so that we can get back to a more logical place rather than an emotional, physiological, out-of-control space. So go to your happy place for a minute to think it through. And then there's some of those simple things that really help people turn on a happy song, turn on one of your favorite songs that take you to back to a place where you remembered, Oh, I love this song. I like to dance. I love that memory. And that can calm the body down to help change your focus. When you go to those spaces of memories that are really good and helpful for you, right? And then my response a lot of times is anything physical. So I like to be physical. I like to go for a run. I like to go to the gym. I like to move my body. When my body's moving, it's happy with me. Go for a walk. Say, wow, that sky is amazing. And if you have not noticed the sky this year, you have been missing out. The skies that have been produced in this last year are remarkable. Go out and notice the sky. Go out and notice the trees. Go out and take a walk. And even though, you know, we've unfortunately had too much smoke in the air, we still can appreciate what nature provides for us, right? Think about something funny. I've talked about humor before and what a great coping mechanism that it is. I love humor. Watch a funny show. Look at a funny YouTube clip. Sometimes those things can calm that anxious response. Do something to distract yourself from some of the hard things that are going on in the world right now. Distractions are okay. Not permanent distractions like drugs for too long, but some distractions are okay for you to do. And the, and finally, I want to say I'm not anti-medication. If you are someone who has a severe anxiety disorder, sometimes getting on medication can get you back to feeling like you used to feel. I don't know that I'm a big promoter of, of anxiety medication for life, but I am not anti-anxiety medication. Go see your doctor or psychiatrist and maybe try that to get back on track. It's not that bad. Thank you so much for listening to the Dr. Marcy show today on the Path Forward Utah. I'm hopeful that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. 